This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Clint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Van Dees joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, it's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Yo, happy Thursday. It is the Jason Walker Show. Big show coming up today. Big end to the week as well. John Russell will join us today. He's an author, broadcaster, historian, great friend. And uh, we got, he's got a book we're going to talk about. But uh, he was also in a great movie that made its debut. Uh, the anniversary would have been Tuesday, which was my daughter's 22nd birthday. And it would have been the 33rd anniversary of this movie debut. The cinematic masterpiece of American cinema. Uh, anyway, John Russell will join us coming up here uh, in a little bit. And uh, also on this day in history and the walk-off presented by Cafe Zydeco, of course, and a whole lot more. Tomorrow, we're talking uh, with uh, Will, uh, wow, three, two, one. Tomorrow, we're going to talk with Will Rasmussen. Of course, you can check us out on Facebook, YouTube Live. We're also on Podbean, Network One Sports, and TreasureStateRadio.com. And uh, anytime you want, you can go to jasonwalkershow.com to listen to any or watch any other previous shows. So, there you go. Uh, what a great uh, great Thursday. A nice time celebrating uh, anniversary yesterday with the wife. Went to dinner. And then we went to the drive-in theater. All right, so this... Review is going to be 99% positive. I'll get to the negative. I'll, I'll lead off with, I guess not negative, but what could be fixed? So two things. One, parking was kind of a cluster, and they had representatives from the Helena, um, I believe the reps, or independents, or both, helping out. And these are kids, and people were yelling at these kids. It was just, it was wrong. But... They were doing the best job they could. So, and then the screen, which was really cool, by the way, um, just needed to be about ten to fifteen feet higher, and then and then there wouldn't have been any issues. But here's the positives: unbelievable atmosphere. It was nice to be out and about with people other than family. It was really nice to be out watching a movie. We watched. We went to the Goonies, and. Jumanji 2 was on the other side of the uh, fairgrounds at Lewis and Clark uh, County Fairgrounds. And saw the Goonies. It came through on the uh, the stereo, the FM, which was really cool. Sounded great in my pickup, by the way, because um, I have a great truck. But it was just a great atmosphere. Had um, great family on uh, on our left side, and it was just it was fun. There was, 
it was a great night. I wish that, aside from the screen deal being higher, I wish that they had reversed the movies because the lightning storm that was going on would have been better to see on the west side of the building than the east side, although it was still pretty cool to watch. But what a great lightning storm, both last night and the night before. I think the night before was better overall, but last night's lightning storm was less cloudy, so uh, you got to see more of the bolts instead of just the sky lighting up. So it was it was pretty cool. Um, rained. I got to give it up to there was a there was a guy, and I don't know if it was a kid with him, but he had a pickup truck. They were parked in front of us a, a little bit. And they had their truck backed up to the drive-in theater screen. So you couldn't um, – so they were sitting in the bed of the truck. And it started raining. And they stuck it out for, wow, probably a good half hour maybe in the rain before they finally left with about 20 minutes left in the movie. And then a lot of people started leaving, which was really weird. Like you paid to watch this movie and you, you left early. Because of the rain. I, and I don't understand. Just put the windshield wipers on. Like, it was fine. Um, but I hadn't been to a drive-in since, like, the late 80s uh, in Bozeman, which was really cool. It was uh, it used to be located on North 7th. Uh, there's a, a office complex is now across from Murdoch's in Bozeman, uh, and, uh, which is ironic because there used to be a drive-in theater in Helena where Murdoch's is now in Helena. So, a little coincidence, though. But anyway, it was really cool. It was a great event. It was a lot of fun, a lot of great um, memories of Goonies. And you just remember that, you know, there were some – it's not a great movie. Great memories of watching Goonies the first, you know, half dozen times you see it. But uh, it was a lot of fun. And I hope the the Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds does it again. I don't know. uh, I think they're going to do it for Wednesday. Next week, but I don't know if they're going to, or they don't know if they're going to keep the same movies or bring in different movies. We'll go again. I mean, we had a lot of fun. And uh, I, I got to steam up the windows of my truck, and nothing happened because it was raining. So the temperature and, the, you know, so we were just watching a movie, um, which was really cool, though. So I have a suggestion, a couple of suggestions for movies for Lewis and Clark County Fairgrounds. And I know they're at the mercy of whoever brings this this stuff in. But, yeah, it was a good time. And if you went last night, let me know. Facebook, you can tweet me, uh, email. Let me know what you thought of the uh, drive-in movie experience. And for a lot of kids, it was their first time. Um, saw Coach Guy Omquist there, Capital Boys coach, him and uh, his family, and uh, we were sitting there talking about it and trying to figure out when was the last time we all saw you know, went to a drive-in, and, and Coach and I were, it had been years and years um, since we've saw, you know, seen the drive-in movie theater, and we're the same age. So it, it's, it was a cool experience. So let me know what you thought if you want to, on a Facebook or Twitter or uh, email, if you want to be it private or whatever, you can text me if you have my number. Uh, by the way, we're, I'm, in, I'm in the talks with the wife uh, about possibly getting a business line that I can give. I'm not going to give you my number. Actually, I think my number's on Facebook anyway. So, anyway. Um, but hopefully, because I want your calls. You can call me anytime if you know me or know my number, or you can just ask for it. And I'd like to take calls on this show. I think it'd be cool. And yet, it'd be fun. So, 
Let me know. You can call me if you want. All right. Uh, let's see. What else were we going to chat about today? So there's that, uh, the drive-in. Uh, baseball obviously did not play last night. They should be playing tomorrow, tonight. Helena uh, hosting Missoula at Kendrick Legion Field in the capital city. And it wasn't, it was just funny last night talking to some people on the Twitter because it would be totally, you know, you've seen those memes like my plans in, in 2020 and actually what happened. Um, but it would have been totally, totally 2020 if they had forgot to put the tarp down on the field. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday because the Missoula coach actually said, I hope they get the, the tarp on the field. Uh, according to uh, a guy whose son plays on the Helena Senators, the tarp was on the field last night. They should be playing baseball tonight, 7 o'clock. Um, another guy responded, uh, Mike said, it'll freeze tonight. A hockey game will break out tomorrow. That's Montana 2020, which is true. And it was almost chilly enough last night to get some snow because uh, we had like a 42 temperature and it feels like like 37, so had it gotten any lower, it, uh, you never know. Uh, but they are going to play baseball at Kendrick Legion Field tonight, which is uh, going to be pretty cool. Um, Missoula Mavericks did not receive approval from Missoula County to host their big Memorial Day tournament that they do every week or every year. And so like 22 teams or something like that normally come to town and to Missoula and now they're not. So they're moving the Missoula Mavericks Baseball Memorial Day Tournament to uh, uh, Bitterroot Bucks Field in Florence. And that is where the A-teams will play, which includes the Helena Reps, Bitterroot Bucks and Red Sox, uh, the Missoula Mavs A, the Bozeman Spikes, and I think that's it for A-teams. And then the A. Legion teams for Mavericks Memorial Day Tournament will play at Heroes Park in Bozeman. So you get Bozeman, Belgrade, the Senators, Great Falls, and Missoula. So a lot of teams that normally would participate not going to be there, so it's uh, it, it's a different schedule, but that starts on Friday night in both uh, Florence and uh, in Bozeman. It is Florence, I believe, right? Bitterroot Bucks. My kid played one year for Bitterroot, and I don't. He was on the Bucks, not the Reds. I think they play in Florence. Florence Stevensville, right around there, somewhere. Uh, I tell you, who, who could probably answer that real quick would be the California Governor Gavin Newsom, because apparently he was hanging out in Stevensville and Victor last week. So, all right. <laughs> of course, the media denies it. Oh, good stuff. Um, not sure if you saw this. NCAA has uh, eased some of its stuff to allow college football teams to fill their 2020 schedules, which, well, because you you have to cancel, you're getting a lot of stuff canceled. So normally the schedules would have been done, but because uh, apparently football and voluntary workouts for football and basketball will start June 1st. That came out yesterday. But... They've waived a whole lot of stuff, including that FBS schools are now not required to play 60% of their games against 
fellow FBS schools or play five home games against FBS opponents, that now allows FBS teams to play more than, you know, one FCS schools typically now. And FCS teams, which includes Cats Grizz, now no longer required to play at least half of their games against either FCS or FBS opponents. That means they can play Division II teams. And I think the Grizz were already scheduled to play one, Central Washington, but that game's probably not going to happen because who knows when Washington's going to open up. They might be the last in the country to open up. Who knows? Uh, there's uh, different um, attendance minimums that have been waived as well which includes uh, FBS by the, for the next two years. So they don't have to average, or they have to average at least 15,000 in actual or paid attendance for all home football contests over the next two-year uh, period. But that's going to depend on how many people are going to be allowed fans in how many teams and schools are going to have to, are going to be allowed fans in the stands. So there you go. And uh, let's see, one final note that I saw today. Uh, Maine wildlife officials say a bald eagle died last year. It was stabbed through the heart by a loon. Yeah, a loon punctured the lungs and the heart of a bald eagle. So does that make, do we have to ban loons now? Because it it's a stabbing. It, it's not mass, but... Uh, do loons have to get uh, you know sanctioned now, and we can't have AR loons? And anyway, all right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, I can't wait for this interview. It is going to be awesome, and I've known this guy a long time, and we've worked together a long time, and I'm just anxious to. Uh, to hear about his book that he uh, wrote. He's a great writer. He's a great broadcaster. He's got a great voice. And he was in one of the all-time greatest movies ever that made its debut two years or uh, 33 years ago, May 19th, so two days ago, it debuted in theaters. We'll talk to John Russell next on The Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. 
Spring is fast approaching and summer is just around the corner. So now is the time to get those windows tinted at Auto Concepts as the sun starts to heat up. Tinting is the best way to keep the sun out of your little one's eyes driving down the road. Plus, it just looks cool. Auto Concepts is your exclusive 3M dealer for tinting as well as the best clear bras in town. Auto Concepts clear bras will not fade or yellow over time. And don't forget about suspension lifts and power steps for your rig too. Visit AutoConceptsHelena.com or check them out on Facebook. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. I'm done with this. Thinking about trying something new? The Montana Air National Guard has so many exciting career fields to choose from, many that can open up opportunities in your civilian life. The best part? You'll be getting paid to learn a new trade skill right here at home. What are you waiting for? Let's get you in school and get you paid. Contact Lee Fecto at 406-788-8962. Storewide savings is what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rockers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop records, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Uh, it is a Thursday on the Jason Walker Show. We'll be back with Will Rasmussen tomorrow. The famed PRCA rodeo announcer. Great friend of the show. And good family. The Rasmussens, we all know them. Flint, Paige, Shelby, Pete. Mayor Pete up in uh, Shoto. So uh, Will will join us tomorrow. Looking forward to that, talking some uh, non-rodeo and what we're going to do. On this day in history still to come, by the way, no shows next week. We're completely off. We we're going to be off Monday anyway, and I thought, you know what? Let's take the rest of May off. So we're going to. But we'll be here tomorrow, then no shows next week. So sorry if that makes you upset. Here in the Major Mortgage Man Cave on a Thursday, and uh, bring in our first guest on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. He is uh, another... Long-time friend. I've known this guy a long time. Great broadcaster back in the day. Uh, great, uh, uh, just, he's a great writer. He obviously speaks better than me. His name is John Russell, and he joins us now on the Jason Walker Show. How are you, my man? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a great honor to talk with you, as as always, John, because uh, we go way back, I think, to, what, the late 90s? Is that kind of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it, it's definitely one of those situations where where did all the years go? <laughs> Things uh, have flown by so quick. But, yes, uh, KBOZ here in Bozeman. Yeah. We were... Uh, out there working together, I remember it well. The uh, the KBOZ Ranch, which was uh, so you did news, Dean Alexander did sports, 
and uh, mm-hmm. Dave Vischer, Roger Nelson. I mean, it was just a great, you know, Mark Allen, great environment out there. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, you know, radio certainly has changed <laughs> since those days. Uh, my, uh, and moderately, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember, and I don't want to sound like the old guy, you know, the old relative that you invite to dinner, but I can remember the old days yeah. when we had to splice tape with the razor blade oh, in order to make good commercial. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah the old days. And then, uh, then suddenly late 90s, uh, early part of the 2000s, yeah. uh, then we uh, started to get into the computer stuff yeah yeah quote, that's... quote which really made it a lot more difficult but yeah it's one of those yeah you young whippersnappers don't know how easy <laughs> you have it today compared to what we went through years ago in radio that's true cutting fingers on the razor blades while you're splicing up uh phone calls on the night show or news bits or the old cart machines that we had to use um, yeah, 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 and uh, right. of course you were relying on a lot, John, of those uh, those overnight guys like myself to record everything, so you'd have stuff to use on your news and slash sportscast in the mornings. And if we messed up, boy, we heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were <laughs> integral. Let's put it that way. Very important uh, to the news and sports operation out there, and and from there you really took off, my man. Well, I, I'm very impressed with how your career has gone. Thank you. Uh, both television, radio, and and now here you on the web. The only thing I've I, I followed you, and you know, TV, radio. The only thing I haven't done is write a book yet. Oh, okay. Well, get cracked. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, we're going to talk about your book here in a second, but. Um, you were a part of, let's see, the movie came out two days ago, but 33 years ago. It was an, uh, just a, an amazing piece of cinematic art in Amazing Grace and Chuck. Stuart Shipley, um, does that bring back some memories? Oh, gosh. Gosh <laughs> almighty. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that, that you remember it and bringing that up, but yeah, I got to portray uh, uh, Stuart Shipley. I was a news reporter covering all this aspect of this young boy who decided to quit playing baseball because he was upset with the existence of nuclear weapons. And then the premise was all these athletes, professional athletes across the country and across the world, they did the same thing. They went on strike. So he triggered a strike until such time that the United States and the Soviet Union reached some kind of an accord uh, to lower the tensions and to all but do away with nuclear weapons. It was certainly a very, very interesting experience uh, to be on the set, to see how movies are made. Um, It was... Uh, you know, getting ready for your shots or, you know, the, what have you. Mm-hmm. It was certainly a case of hurry up and wait uh, before you would actually film the scene. I can honestly say that I did go into the makeup truck before my scenes were shot, and I can honestly say that I sat 
down right next to Jamie Lee Curtis while having my makeup put on. I'm showing her picture right now from, I think yes, it's I after Amazing Grace dies in the plane crash. I think she's uh, out in the woods by herself uh, is from the scene I'm, I'm looking at, I think. Um, uh-huh. See, and I bring up Amazing Grace and Chuck only because... Well, A, it's, like I said, between that movie and Rocky IV ended the Cold War. I mean, Reagan had a pretty good part of it, but yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think Rocky IV and Amazing Grace and Chuck just brought an end to all of that. But it reminds me, John, because the world and sports world are shut down right now, and that's what this movie reminded me of. You know, so many years ago, there were no sports. Now, different premise, right. fake stuff versus reality – but it's really kind of eerily similar, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And the premise of Amazing Grace and Chuck was that so many people were up in arms when this strike by athletes occurred. Uh, no basketball. Um, Amazing Grace uh, was a Boston Celtics player in the, in the motion picture. But people were just up in arms because there was no sports, and they wanted something done about it. Uh, they wanted to be able to do everything from seeing Boston Celtics play again to football games to even the Little League games mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Chuck uh, went on strike from. He was a pitcher for his local Little League team. And they wanted to see an end to it because not only did they want to see professional sports again, but they wanted to see Chuck playing Little League baseball. So, yeah, in many ways, it, it it's definitely uh, – kind of like what we have today people well back then of course you didn't have espn with all the replays right but you know that that's enough of a fix for a lot of people but uh it ain't as good as the real thing as, mm-hmm. as the song would say uh, people certainly do would like to see the sports come back i see now uh, a lot of discussion about the ncaa college football here this fall, I think they'll find a way to make that happen. A lot of money involved. There is. There's a lot of money involved. Yeah, you bet. And it is, well, with television these days, it is certainly a main, a major important revenue source for so many colleges. Author and historian John Russell, our guest here, Jason Walker Show. All right, so do you still get royalty checks? (laughs) Yes, I do. Like 31 cents? Yeah, the last one I got was uh, three cents. Oh, man. I am not not kidding. I still get royalty checks. Um, Back then when this was done, it was kind of interesting. If you were an extra in the movie, uh, they could pay you minimum wage. Mm Mm-hmm. If you had any speaking part whatsoever, they had to pay you at least it was about four hundred bucks a day. Okay. Back in the nineteen eighties. So that's where I fell in. I, I because I did have a couple of lines, so technically I got the speaker's part, the speaker's salary and so forth. <laughs> An interesting aspect to this was after uh, the motion picture was done, and uh, it, it was out. I was doing my taxes for that year, and my accountant said, um, uh, you may have a problem here. And I says, why? 
I had to join in order to be in this movie. I had to join the Screen Actors Guild. (laughs) Technically, and I know this will send you into hysterics. Technically, I am still a member of the Screen Actors Guild. Well, you still have you have an IMDb account. Well, yeah, they uh, (laughs) uh, they uh, initially. You look up John Russell on IMDb, and they'll take you to the John Russell who did all those westerns and mm-hmm. was in Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood. And I sent them an email saying, uh, no, the John Russell that was an Amazing Grace and Chuck, that's me, and here's the information. And they changed it. You know? Yeah, so your birthday, but, you're, you were born in Kansas City, so they got that right. Well, yeah. around Kansas City area. Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in the Kansas City area, little suburb, uh, uh, right town. John Russell joining uh, us here on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. So, um, I love that movie. My wife hates it. She she doesn't she doesn't know why it was made. And I'm like, hey, look, I tried out for it. I didn't get a part, but I remember a classmate, little Jimmy Hathaway, has a speaking part in there. Uh, early on, uh, Chuck was thrown into his tire with his sister, and then. Uh, they head off to the baseball game on their bikes, and, and Jim Hathaway got to uh, swear. And I can't remember exactly what the, the swear word was, but we all thought he was cool deal in school because he was like fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah, back then in uh, the late 1980s, it, it was kind of a, a big deal. But getting back to my tax situ- real quick tax oh, yeah. situation with my accountant, as it turned out, I could not deduct my IRA because with the Screen Actors Guild, I was technically on their pension plan. Oh, jeez. So I called the Screen Actors Guild and got a lady there, and I said, look, here's the deal. She says, yeah, yeah, I understand. I says, why don't we, do, why don't we just do this? I'll quit the Screen Actors Guild. And she laughed, and she said, sir, you cannot quit the Screen Actors Guild. I says, well, ma'am, you got to understand something. My movie career in Bozeman, Montana is going absolutely nowhere. (laughs) And so she, she just made some adjustments to where I'm, I'm not on the Screen Actors Guild pension plan. She made that, make sure the paperwork said that. So got back to my accountant and I was able to deduct my regular IRA. Well, there you, you know. go. Um, so it's like yeah. a cult. Yeah, you can't leave it. Royalty checks, <laughs> three cents. <laughs> I've, I've received a check for two cents. Oh, it's man. not even worth a trip to the bank. No. Well, you can direct deposit nowadays, I think. So. Um, well, yeah, I could do that. When I do, those times I did drop them off at the bank, it, it gave the tellers a nice little laugh. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Kind uh, of like, what the heck is this? <laughs> John Russell, our guest here at Jason Walker Show. All right, so you are, as I said, an author and historian, and you wrote a book, John, uh, came out last year about, you know, everybody always talks about William Daly and, uh, and or Clark and Daly and the, the big fights they used to have, William Clark and, and then Daly, but Nelson's story was a big, big part of why Montana is what it is today, and you wrote a book about him. Yes, uh, Treasure State Tycoon. It's a book that was published by the Montana Historical Society. Yeah, Treasure State Tycoon, uh, Nelson's Story, and the Making of Montana. Nelson's Story, he's one of those guys whose name rings a bell with a lot of 
people in particular here in the Bozeman area because he and his family lived in Bozeman uh, through the last half of the 19th century and then into the early 20th century. But a lot of people just didn't know exactly who he was. And ever since I came here and saw the name Story plastered on, you had Story Street, you had Story Motors, you had the Story Hill, Mm -hmm. Story Towers. I was kind of, I was finally, who is this guy? So I did research for years and years and years and just chipped away at it and found out that he was one of the more prominent capitalists on the American frontier, in particular in Montana. He was a gold miner. He was a cattleman. He drove the first uh, herd of longhorn cattle from Texas up into Montana, into the Yellowstone Valley. He was also a banker, operated a flour mill, owned tons of real estate here. And with his fortune, invested quite heavily in Los Angeles, California, in real estate in Los Angeles, California where he also did quite well, to, to say the least. He, he made quite a fortune down there. As a matter of fact, at 5th and Broadway in downtown Los Angeles, there is a skyscraper there, one of their first built in Los Angeles. It's the Walter P. Story building. Mm. That was Nelson Story's son. Nelson helped finance his son's construction of that skyscraper down in Los Angeles. And he was one of those attending his herd over in the Yellowstone Valley. Uh, He experienced more than his share of running Indian fights, and uh, he had arguments and what have you with the U.S. Cavalry stationed out at Fort Ellis here in Bozeman. He dabbled a little bit in politics, tried to get elected to the U.S. Senate from Montana but was not able to do so. One of the reasons his name and his reputation was kind of kept under the lid is because of the strong accusation that he was cheating on his uh, annuity contracts with the Crow Nation. In those days, the United States government would take bids to buy foodstuffs that they would give to the Indians on the respective reservation. And it was a tremendous scandal all across the country. A lot of people involved in it went all the way up to the Secretary of War, who was forced to resign because of his role in, in what they called in those days in the Indian ring. But basically what it amounted to, Nelson Story and others would deliver, let's say, 10 kegs of uh, foodstuffs to the reservation. He had an arrangement with the agent, many of them who were also crooked, and he would get paid for 20. Or he would get paid for goods that he never actually delivered. Sometimes he would get paid twice for the same goods that he delivered. Other times, according to the accusations, other times um, he would confiscate items that he had already sold uh, to the reservation. He would confiscate them, get them back from his buddy, the agent, 
and then sell those items, say in Bozeman or Helena or, or what have you. So he was never convicted. He went before two grand juries, and he liked to brag at the conclusion of the first grand jury that it cost him $10,000 in bribes for them to acquit him. Jeez. And that's that's what he did. Uh, to put it simply, he was a crook. He has all of the attributes you think of in the quintessential Western hero, but he was also a crook. And there was a lot of that thing going on in Montana oh, and, yeah. unfortunately, all across the Western United States, the way the American Indian was treated. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we've... Uh... Yeah. Uh, John Russell, author and historian, joining us here, Jason Walker. So we're talking about his book, Nelson's Story, or uh, Treasure State Tycoon. It's about N- uh, Nelson's story, who really did a lot for the state of Montana. And, and, I, and I said that, uh, you know, we, ta- we think about Clark and Daly and the fights that they used to have, but uh, and how dirty, you know, the state capitol um, was it going to be Anaconda? Was it going to be Helena? I mean, there was a lot of dirtiness going on, and, and Story was a part of uh, some of that dirtiness uh, in the state of Montana for all those years. Yeah, uh, once Montana became a state, for some reason, the legislature decided, you know, you'd think logic says, well, we'll just keep the capital here in Helena because that's where the territorial capital was. But for some reason, they decided to have a vote amongst all the people I have a vote and let the people decide where the capital should be. So Bozeman was one of several cities that tossed their hat in the ring, like you were alluding to, that, as well as Helena and Anaconda, Boulder uh, gave it a shot. Butte was what made an effort at it initially, Great Falls. And they had all these uh, public relations campaigns that Nelson's story played a huge role in in order to try to get the state capital in Bozeman. I mean, some of the, you look at some of the uh, uh, PR material they printed, they said that Bozeman has to be the state capital because we, after all, we have the bluest skies, the greenest grass, the whitest picket fences, the prettiest girls, and the healthiest babies. All kinds of handsprings and flip-flops to try to get uh, the state capital. Helena had fun with all the other towns, in particular Bozeman. They like to point out that the wonderful city of Bozeman still had uh, more than its share of, shall we say, hotels for single girls. Uh, the joy houses that uh, that were still operating over on the north side of town, and Bozeman had more than its share of saloons, so forth and so on. We all know what happened, of course. Helena uh, retained Mm -hmm. the state capital. As a consolation prize, Bozeman got the Montana College of Mechanical and Agricultural Arts, which today is Montana State University. So arguably, Bozeman got the better end of the deal. Right, yeah. Um, Interesting, because... Big Dorothy's in Helena didn't close till the last century, and like in the 70s or 80s. So you talk about houses of ill repute. Bozeman closed a lot earlier than Helena did. Uh, yeah, I think the last. Actually, I think the last ones in Bozeman lasted until almost World War One. Oh wow! And then, 
and then they finally they finally closed them. Um, yeah, th- those days just about, <laughs> just about <laughs> every town anywhere you go, not only in the Amer- in the American West, but pretty much oh, anywhere yeah. in the country, uh, you would you would come upon the uh, the houses for as they would say back then, the houses for fallen flowers. <laughs> um, from a standpoint. You know, a lot of your decent married women with children, yada, yada, I mean, they kind of turned their nose up at that. Mm-hmm. But secretly, they would acknowledge it kept a lot of creeps off the street. True. Very true. So anyway, we could we could discuss the efficacy <laughs> of, <laughs> of, uh, of hookers in the American West all day long, I suppose. But oh, yeah. I well, don't know if you want to delve into that on a sports show. Well, it's, we don't have sports to talk about, so speaking of, I mean, that's a different kind of sporting <laughs> event. Um, because yeah, there you go. You had the one in Butte for so long, and then uh, you had the one in Helena for so long. But, yeah, uh, John Russell oh, yeah. joining us. He's the author of Treasure State Tycoon. Uh, Nelson's story, The Making of Montana. Um, you've done a lot of research, not just to, for Bozeman, but with the state of Montana. And I don't want to ask this question, but I'm going to. What's been the, what's your favorite story, not Nelson's story, of course, but um, about Montana or Bozeman or Helena or whatever that you've ever uncovered I, and researched? Well, one that I've looked into a lot, read a lot about, is the Little Bighorn, mm. um, also known as Custer's Last Stand. I've delved into a lot of subjects uh, history-wise that, you know, are based here in Gallatin County, but I have done a lot of looking into uh, the Little Bighorn. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about the Little Bighorn, more books have been written about the Battle of the Little Bighorn than any other uh, military battle in American history. That includes Pearl Harbor, Gettysburg, Valley Forge, you name it. The other interesting thing about the Little Bighorn is no matter how many books you read, the ending is always the same. Right. Uh, You know, Custer got sued, S-I-O-U-X-E-D. Um. But, yeah, I'd say the Little Bighorn, that's historically-wise, that's that's one of the topics that Montana is known for nationally and internationally. So, yeah, I've I've read a lot about that, studied a lot about that, not as much in recent years as I did uh, many years ago. But that and also, excuse me, that and, and also a lot of aspects about uh, history in southwest Montana and Gallatin County, sure. uh, which which dovetailed nicely and helped me to uh, to do the book on Nelson's story. John Russell, our guest here in the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. A couple final quick questions for you, John. But um, who killed John Bozeman? Was it Tom Cover or was it the Indians? We will never, ever <laughs> know for absolute certainty. However, I do discuss this in the book, and I would say it, it's about a 90% chance it was Tom Cobra. John Bozeman, it's interesting the town's name for him, because to a lot of people, John Bozeman was a pain in the neck. Uh, the people who settled in Bozeman early 
Uh, John Bozeman, of course, helped to found the town. But a lot of the people who settled here early were from the north. They were Yankees. They were pro-Republican. And they were pro-Lincoln. John Bozeman is a Southern Democrat from Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Bozeman was also a good-looking guy and therefore could turn the heads of the ladies. So if you had a wife, a daughter, or a sweetheart, you really didn't care much for John Bozeman. (laughs) He had habit of, um, he sold a lot of his interests in various business concerns and spent much of his day playing cards in one of the local hotels and sipping whiskey most of the day, and that just didn't sit well with a lot of people. After the Civil War, Yankee veterans certainly didn't like him, and those Confederate veterans who moved west, they didn't like him either. They resented the fact he was not back east serving the stars and bars in what they called the War of Northern Aggression, the Civil War. So he had a lot of enemies. (laughs) He had a lot more enemies than he did friends. But I, again, I can't say with 100% certainty that it was Tom Cobra, but I would say it's a pretty safe bet. I had a teacher at Wilson Middle School and Mrs. Delger was her name, relative, long, rel- I mean, somehow down the line, to the Covers, and she thinks that that's who killed him, too. But in his, uh, there's also a, a story that maybe Nelson's story got a guy named Tom Kent to kill him, is that? Yeah, I had heard that. I don't think that's true. I don't think Nelson's story had a hand in it, based on my research. Um he probably knew something was afoot. He probably knew Bozeman was getting set up for this, but he kind of stayed in the background. John, the theory is Nelson's story was in on it because John Bozeman was a business threat to Nelson's story. And that's just not true. John Bozeman wasn't a business threat. Like I say, he spent most of his time. He might every now and then take the mail over to Virginia City to earn a couple of extra bucks. But for the most part, he was content just kind of lolling around town and, as I mentioned, playing poker, mm-hmm. drinking whiskey. <laughs> and um, he did have one really good friend here in town, William McKenzie, who was also from Georgia. And later on, after Bozeman's death, McKenzie and Nelson Story worked together on a lot of business deals, a lot of business projects. I don't think that would have ever happened if Mackenzie thought Nelson's story had a hand in John Bozeman's murder. That, indeed, is another area, gray area, where we'll never really know the answer. But if I was to put money on it, I'd be very comfortable in saying Nelson's story did not set this up to kill John Bozeman. He knew something was going to happen, but he stayed out of it. Once Bozeman was killed, remember the residents around here petitioned the United States government uh, to put a fort out here to protect them from Indians because Indians were blamed for the killing. And that was one of the small reasons that Fort Ellis ended up near Bozeman. And with Fort Ellis, uh, you had a really good, solid market for all the goods 
of Bozeman, farmers, ranchers, suddenly had a market because the army sure. at Fort Ellis had to buy horses and mules. They had to buy foodstuffs, so forth and so on. So it was all kind of a big plot conspiracy just to get the army to build the fort <laughs> out here. And John Bozeman's death was one of those minor uh, reasons, one of those minor things that they cited as a good reason to do that. You and I were discussing this too, John, on Facebook a little bit um, a couple weeks ago, and this really started the conversation to have you come on to the show here is, Bozeman used to be known as the Queen City. Helena is known by that now, and neither one of us can figure out when that switch happened. Yeah, I, I'm really not sure when, when Helena took that over. Uh, in its early, early, early days, when Helena was just uh, miners pouring into Last Chance Gulch, it was called the Cracker City. I have no idea why. Okay. Uh, that might be something worth digging up and researching to find out how it got called the name the Cracker City. Some people think it's because some of the bread that miners would eat, uh, it was stale quite often. Oh. It was it was hard and crispy like a cracker would be. But I don't know if that's true or not. But, yeah, Bozeman was the queen city. She was considered the queen of the Rockies, such a beautiful town in a beautiful valley with all this agricultural prowess uh, in this area. Uh, the Garden of Montana, they would call it. Uh, the Egypt of America, the Nile of America. Wow. Because of the fertility and so forth. But, yeah, Queen City was one of her... Uh, Bozeman's nicknames and and how it ended up in Helena, you got me on that one. <laughs> uh, if you get a day off, go up to the Montana Historical Society and do a little digging. They might be able to tell you. I might have to do that because it's uh, it, it is very interesting. Of course, you said something about the Garden City in Bozeman, but now that's Missoula. It's like uh-huh. other cities just take the best of Bozeman. I mean, I'm in Helena, so you know, it took me out of Bozeman too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> well, uh, and, but we can say as Bobcat fans that Montana State University used to be Missoula, and we took that away because we are the state university in Bozeman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the university in Missoula was once known as Montana State University, and then uh, back in the 60s when they decided to go ahead and let the Bozeman campus become a university, they gave that name here and the one in Missoula, yeah, the University of Montana. So, yeah, that that's a name we kind of, that uh, Bozeman was able to uh, snatch uh, from <laughs> Missoula. Uh, I could talk history all day long with you, John, and uh, it, it's uh, such a pleasure to chat with you. You'll have to come back on sometime and just talk more history. I'll, I'll be happy to do that. You just you just stay in touch, and I'll do the same. And when uh, you wanna you wanna shoot the breeze about the past, let me know. I'll be glad to do it. I love that. So sometime in the future, we'll talk about the past. Okay. <laughs> During the present, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, John Russell, you can get his book, Treasure State Tycoon. How do they get it from you? Well, in the Helena area, I do know you can get a copy at the uh, 
uh, Montana Historical Society Museum Bookstore up there by the state capitol. I know okay. that they do have it. As to other bookstores in the Helena area, I'm not sure. It is in bookstores throughout the state, but exactly which ones I, I don't know. But the museum bookstore up there, uh, for certain, here in Bozeman, Museum of the Rockies, the History Museum on West Main, and the Country Bookshelf, downtown Bozeman. You can get it there. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to reading it. Treasure State Tycoon, uh, written by good friend John Russell. And, uh, of course, a um, great actor. Should have been uh, nominated for an Academy Award in 1987 <laughs> with Amazing Grace well, and Chuck. Well, <laughs> after, I, after I did Amazing Grace and Chuck, I, I never got any phone calls oh. from, any, from any Hollywood agent. So I figured, well, who was it? Andy Warhol said everybody gets. About 20 seconds of fame. That was my 20 seconds of fame right there. I'm there you go. Racing shot. Hey, I, I didn't even, I auditioned, I didn't get a part, so you're you a better man than me. Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> like I say, it was one and done as far as the movie business yep. goes for me. Hey, Jamie I've Lee Curtis. Face, I've got a face for radio, Jason, you know. Yeah, that. a face for radio and a voice for the newspaper. That's what I've always heard. <laughs> John, appreciate it. Take care of my friend and we'll uh, we'll be talking soon. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> that is John Russell everybody joining us Jason Walker show. Get his book, Treasure State Tycoon. Uh it's all about Nelson's story, the making of Montana and uh it's a it's it's going to be a great read and I I look forward to reading it. I have not yet read it yet and I I definitely uh will be heading up to uh to get that copy of that book. So appreciate John joining us. You want to talk about history, especially Gallatin County history? Nobody knows it better than John Russell. It is fantastic, uh, picking his mind. And uh, it was always great to work with him uh, uh, as well. Um, all right, quick break. That's what she – no, we did that yesterday. Uh, on this day in history, the walk-off presented by Cafe Zydeco. Coming up next, this last segment brought to you by our friends at Rutgers Furniture. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po' boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. 
Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Final segment on a Friday. No, it's Thursday. Man. Whew. We're taking next week off. we got to get the brain refreshed here. We'll be back tomorrow. Will Rasmussen will join us. Uh, had a lot of fun talking with John Russell. Great friend. Going back, gosh, to the, to the mid-90s. Back in Bozeman days. Uh, radio, man. Great dude. And just a great mind uh, with historical. It's just super cool. So appreciate John joining us. Uh, let's see here. We talked about the uh, the Maine loon in trouble for killing a bald eagle out in Maine. And I don't mean loony like loon e like Jeffrey Dahmer, whose birthday was today, by the way. I mean an actual bird stabbed an eagle through the heart, a bald eagle. So now we have to, we should ban loons across the country. Ban loons. Uh, on this day in history, it is brought to you by our friends at the Motherload Sports Bar, Casino, and Restaurant. Today is May the 21st. It is National Memo Day. It is National uh, Strawberries and Cream Day, Waitstaff Day, and National American Red Cross Founders Day. 1881, American Red Cross was founded on this date by Clara Barton. So, there you go. Uh, 1819, first bicycles, then known as Swift Walkers, were uh, introduced in New York City, first time ever in the country. Swift Walkers. 1881, U.S. National Lawn Tennis Association is established in New York City. Also in 1891, Peter Jackson and Jim Corbett would fight for 61 rounds. It would end in a draw. Uh, 1966, Muhammad Ali, technical knockout of Henry Cooper in six for the heavyweight boxing title. In 1969, after 9,015 at-bats, Hank Aaron, for the first time ever, was lifted for a pinch hitter. Mike Lum, that's a good piece of trivia for you. Mike Lum, the first time uh, to pinch hit for Hank Aaron. 1977, the 102nd Preakness Jean Crujet aboard Seattle Slough would win on the way to the Triple Crown. Uh, 1979, Montreal Canadiens would beat the Rangers of New York for the fourth consecutive title for the Canadiens. In 1981, the New York Islanders would go back-to-back. In uh, 1997, Roger Clemens, then with the Blue Jays, beat the Yankees for his 200th victory. In 2017, Barnum and Bailey Circus performed for the final time at Nassau Coliseum after 146 years. Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Ringling Brothers, by the way, used to start or store uh, winter their animals at Ringling. That's how it got its name. But you didn't know that, did you? Now you do. Uh, happy birthday today, Raymond Burr, Perry Mason, the actor. Uh, 1923, Era Parjesian was born. Uh, former Notre Dame coach, 
And uh, happy birthday to Mr. T, born on this date in 1952. Mr. T. Clubber Lang was born on this date, 1952. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. The walk-off brought to you by our friends at Cafe Zydeco. Make sure you stop by for the best Cajun this side of Louisiana. We will be back tomorrow. But today, big thanks. John Russell, author, historian, great broadcaster. Check out Amazing Grace and Chuck yet. If you've never seen it, just watch it once. It's worth your time. Uh, tomorrow, Will Rasmussen will join us. We'll talk some rodeo, or lack thereof. And get you set for uh, next week. We're off. But tomorrow, back at four, you'll want to tune in. I'm sure we'll have something to talk about. Baseball tonight over at Kendrick. Senators and the Mavericks of Missoula. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 here on the Jason Walker Show. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy. Enjoy.